Today's episode is brought to you by Crema Cafe. That's C-R-E-M-A-C-A-F-F-E. They make all sorts of stands and dust covers for just about every type of electronic device. Um, they sent me their Spike XL stand, and I've got my Mono Rocket 6U104HP case sitting on it, and it's it looks amazing and it's sturdy and it's just uh, it's made playing it so much more enjoyable because it was either sitting on its back where I had to hunch over it or it was just sitting you know straight up and downwards where it really you know vertical and I kind of had to hunch down for that too so now I'm just able to access and uh, just have a lot more fun playing this synth. Another aspect I really love about these stands is how uh, travel ready they are they break down really easily they come with a little um, canvas bag to put them in and they once they're broken down they'll sit flat and be about the size of a an average sized book um, so yeah you could put it in a backpack you could definitely fly with them really easily uh, and they're sturdy as all get out so yeah please go check out cremacafe.shop that's c-r-e-m-a-c-a-f-f-e dot shop for more information I also want to talk about this new module that uh, Omi Industries sent me. It's called Iliana, and it's a programmable logic module. Um, there's a programmable logic section and then just a regular old hard logic section. Um, so you've got six inputs and six outputs on this thing. Um, and this patch that you hear behind me is being completely driven by Iliana. It is really awesome for drums. Um, I'm controlling a VCA and the drum beats and this uh, little melodic thing that's going on in the background, all with the outputs from Eliana. And we're going to dive in and really learn about, uh, maybe we'll learn about what logic is. I still don't fully understand it. Um, but as the manual says, just start patching some stuff into it and see what happens. And so that's what I'm going to do for the next few days. I'm going to learn how to use it and, uh, you know, see it, see how predictable I can get it to uh, be with my inputs that I choose and uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna dive into it but please go check out the videos it's uh it's a beautiful module it's gorgeous and when it's going when it's uh when, when you're utilizing all the inputs and outputs and you're sending all the signals it's uh it's uh, a sight to behold on top of making really really cool uh rhythms just to control your patch so yeah omiindustries.com Pod Mod Bods, welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. Today we have Andrew Morelli on the show from Steady State Fate or SSF. That name surely sounds familiar to you, probably because, well, A, Steady State Fate is a well established, well known, and very, very well respected modular company in the scene. And also, I've been demoing the stereo dipole filter for the last few weeks. Um, which I hope you've been enjoying those demos, and I hope you've picked one up for yourself if you've enjoyed those demos. And also, if you have picked up one because of the demos, let me know. I want to see what you're doing with it. Um, it's kind of hard to track how well my demos uh, help help these modular makers, but that's, you know, of course I get the, the boon of getting to play with these things and add them to my, my rack, um, but... I, I say in all honesty that I, I like to help promote things that I'm excited about. So, yeah, 
we're going to get into that chat with Andrew soon and learn more about the uh, the dipole filter and just how SSF came into being. But first, I got a few things we need to talk about. Um, and f- first up, it's actually a little bit of sad news. Um, it's actually tremendously sad news. Uh, Mike McGrath, founder of Muff Wiggler, uh, has passed away recently. And I've been kind of going back and forth in my head whether or not I should say anything about it because I honestly, I didn't know Mike. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't really use Muff Wiggler all that often. Um, so I feel like a, a poser, but I also feel like I, I can't not say anything about it because Muff Wiggler is, has been such a, a an influential ground zero, I guess, for, for this modular community to coalesce around for, you know, 13 years. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I've only been in it for a few years and, and I'm sure a lot of you listening now are, are maybe coming into it new, but if you have it, if, if you're not new to it, then you definitely know. Um, and Google any question about any module or any sort of patching technique. And the first thing that's going to come up is a thread from Muff Wiggler. So what Mike did to help build this community is, uh, it, it can't be understated of, of what an important role he had. Um, so yeah, I just, my, 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 I don't know. I hate saying thoughts and prayers. I don't pray, but, uh, I guess I just, I, I hope, I hope that his family is, uh, is able to find some peace and, uh, yeah, I just, I hope we can all just keep him in our thoughts as, as we enjoy this community and just kind of pay the respects that are due to him for, uh, helping to form it. So yeah, if you, if you're a sentimental, uh, sentimental person, maybe, uh, build a patch for Mike. That's just for you and him. Don't record it. Don't post it on Instagram. Don't tell anybody about it. But you know, if, if, if that's, if, if that's something that, that might mean something to you and, and I don't know, that might be kind of wooey, but I don't know. I maybe, maybe let's all do that. And let's not even tell each other that we did it. Let's all just make, make a patch for Mike send it into the ether and into the universe and uh, to, to, to thank and pay homage to his memory. And I'll be honest, I, I've, this is probably the ninth time I've tried to transition from what I was just talking about into the next thing to talk about because it just feels odd and almost disrespectful or I don't know what it is. Um, it's probably our you know, unhealthy relationship with, with the whole aspect of death within our culture. But I think the most useful thing that I could do is continue on business as usual with trying to connect people in our community, because ultimately that's what Mike set out to do with Muff Wiggler. So let's talk about some people who are looking for other people to jam with and some people who have just released some modular music that they want you to listen to. So I'm going to start with an email that I got recently from a gentleman named Ryan Dunn. He is in the Baltimore area, and he says, I was wondering if you could do a shout-out for me. I know a few modular people in the Baltimore area, but I'm sure there are more, and I'd like to try and foster the modular community around here. There are a few workshops last year, and I'm looking to maybe put one on or start a modular on the spot. Not really sure yet, but I need more modular people first. So, Ryan, people of Baltimore modularites of Baltimore. This is what I have to say to you. Find each other and just do it because that's how you, that's how things like this happen. Bradley and Josh here in Seattle, 
they were they just decided they wanted to do it. They found each other. They made it happen. They bust their ass. I'm not going to lie. I've seen what they do. It's a lot of work, but it's rewarding. It's enriching work, and it is crazy what kind of community you can build around it. So if you are in Baltimore and you like the cut of Ryan's jib, R done at M-I-C-A.edu. R-D-U-N-N at M-I-C-A.edu. I would love to see a modular on the spot Baltimore pop up because of this. And if you needed any more convincing than that to try to find Ryan, this whole track that you've been listening to since I've started talking about the Baltimore area and trying to get you guys motivated is uh, a track from his project called Nullify Infinity. And that's track one off of the Chaotic Dichotomy EP. All right, let's go international with this. I just got uh, an email from a gentleman named uh, Hendrick. He was telling me about um, a show that's coming up in Germany. So are you listening in Germany? Uh, Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm going to get these names wrong, Um, even though my last name is German. Uh, Thursday, May 9th, 2019, 8 p.m. It's at Music for Cinemas at... Lechter Strass <laughs> Berlin, Germany oh. <laughs> Hey Tim, I got a really good idea Why don't you have three beers And then try to practice your German pronunciations That was in all honesty My, my most sincere best attempt at it And after I heard it come out of my mouth I realized that if I tried again It would uh, be borderline offensive but in all seriousness, uh, Hendrik reached out to me because he said he listened to uh, the the episode with Panic Girl recently, really enjoyed it, and, and heard her talking about uh, her partner Anatol in, in the, the group uh, Lucid Grain. And Anatol will actually be performing at this event. And uh, he says that it's they do three artist teams with sound and visuals every month. And uh, on the occasion of Super Booth, they're having a special edition. So that is the show that I'm talking about right now. And uh, I advise you all to check it out. Music for Cinema's Superlude, May 9th, Berlin, Germany. And uh, if, you, if you really want to track this down, and you want to track down this music that you're listening to, then check out Gregor Dis on Bandcamp. That's G-R-E-G-O-R space D-Y-S. Uh, he's the guy putting it on, and his is the lovely music that you hear behind us. All right, let's talk to Andrew Morelli from Steady State Fate. Sweet. So we have Andrew Morelli. Am I saying that right? Yes. From Steady State Fate. Welcome. Thank um, you. And whereabouts is Steady State Fate lo- located? Where are you based out of? Uh, we're, well, me, I'm in the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the Hudson Valley uh, in New York, um, about an hour and a half north of New York City along the Hudson River. Okay. Um, I just yep. heard about the Hudson Valley for the first time ever in my life today, actually, on a podcast. And they were, I forgot what who it was talking about it, some comedian, but they were talking about how absolutely gorgeous it is up there. It is gorgeous. Yeah. So that's kind of strange that I just heard about it today. I mean, I've heard of the Hudson River, but I didn't know the valley was like a thing and kind of a destination. I want to get into how you got the company started and everything, but let's, I'd like to learn a little bit more about you personally and your journey into being a modular maker. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I guess, I guess I could start 
from when I was really young. Um, uh, my father was into synthesizers. Um, he didn't really have too many analog synths. You know, this is like early 80s. Uh, but he did have a lot of uh, digital synths. Um, but nonetheless, I, I got a chance to play with a lot of synths from, from a young age. Uh, but he also played a lot of interesting music. Um, he played a lot of like Wendy Carlos stuff. And so I got to hear Switched on Bach a lot, <laughs> uh, as well as a lot of other classical music. Um, but, you know, particularly that album um, was interesting to me. I didn't know what it what I was listening to, obviously, what, what the instruments were, but I, I knew I liked it. Um, but, yeah, from there, you know, I, I was always um, looking for interesting sounds, um, and that always brought me to synthesizers. Uh, so I was always seeking synthesizers. Um, and I got into electronic music at a young age as well. Uh, that was a really big part of my life growing up. Um, and making music as well. Uh, but at some point, it, it got to, uh, I got to a point where I, I kind of wanted to like make them. So, mm -hmm. um, I was going to school for to study physics and and math and <laughs> uh yeah uh but one of my one of my physics teachers actually convinced me that I should be an electrical engineer and um at the time uh, I kind of thought that was a good idea and you know while I was doing that, I was I started to tinker around with with circuits and do some circuit bending and kind of I was making these weird uh, guitar pedals and overdrives and stuff like that. Um, but you know I really didn't quite 100% know what I was doing. But as I was learning things in school, I was able to apply that knowledge. And interesting thing about electrical engineering is that everything you learn, whether it has to do with communications or control systems it it's it's all it all applies to making sense you know <laughs> like you're just you're pretty much just changing uh the the frequency range that you're working with and okay. it's actually it makes it a lot more simple when you're working in the audio range because you're not dealing with all these issues that you get when you when you're working with high high frequencies um but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of like it, a truncated journey through um, how I got into doing this. Um, but, you know, ma mainly what's driven me is that I, um, so, I feel so intimately connected to sound mm -hmm. and, and being able to design devices to change sound uh, in, in a way that moves me is as a big part of my life. That's interesting to hear. I, I, it seems to be um, kind of a common theme with with builders, but not. But it's it's a little. It's individualized with everybody's story. They've got their own like spice on it. And from when I hear you talk about yours, it kind of reminds me of why I want to make music. Um, and it's almost like it's like a step further into it to make the technology that is you know that is appealing to someone like me who's searching for the sound to try to like make compose a track or something I, I don't it's it's that's an interesting yeah. aspect of it <clears throat> yes um i think they're one in the same really uh 
Yeah, even if as I was saying that, I was kind of like, well, maybe that's it's there's really not much of a difference there. No, no, no. I mean, it's I think, you know, music is it's not just a big part of our culture, but it's just a big part of humanity. And mm-hmm. you know, and music can be anything. You know, it can be like a droning a droning sound, a, a beat or or whatever, but whatever it is, you know, we're it's so connected to who we are and what this universe is, you you know, it's, it's, I don't think there's very many people on this planet who don't enjoy music or set hearing things. I met one kid. Yeah. I met one kid in elementary school and he's, I don't like music and I, I I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I was kind of like, you know, side-eyed him as I was walking by. I mean, like, I didn't trust him after that, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't trust him either. <laughs> uh, yeah, and what did, uh, Nietzsche said, without music, life would be a mistake. So, yeah, I mean... I don't I, know what life would be like without music. Uh, don't. Yeah, well, so, um, you know what else I find interesting, just off of your truncated story right off the bat, um, is... You, it's you would it's kind of the opposite of what you would think, but you're somewhat in the minority in that you are actually an elect- electrical engineer who makes modules. A lot of module builders kind of start with uh, circuit bending and DIY kits and kind of just like figure it out from there. But you, like you said, you you would start applying stuff from school and what you learned well, to music making. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, that that was pretty much it. Okay. But, um uh yeah, you know, you know, I didn't I kind of left the part out that I did do a lot of DIY actually. Yeah. And the DIY that I did was a huge part of my learning experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was building stuff from music from outer space. I was building stuff from Kenstone. I was building stuff from SynthTech. Uh I was doing a lot of 5U like DIY builds and um, that was extremely helpful, especially you have these people who are designing stuff kind of explaining to you what's happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one thing, but then going to school and being taught the physics and uh, how to understand how currents flow and this and that, I mean, that it was like a synergistic thing that, that really locked it in for me. Um, yeah, you got some it, hands-on and a little bit like a, like an actual representation of what of the concepts you were learning or something. It seems like yeah, like basically like an, a better explanation of the physics. I mean, because you know I can remember um, you know reading explanations of how circuits work, and it's all fine and dandy. Uh, but you, you still really kind of don't know what the heck's going on or like how to visualize what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that was a, that was a huge thing for me is, is coming up with a way to visualize in my mind, um, what's happening in an electric circuit. I mean, it's one thing to do math, um, it, you know, to find an answer to something or, or get an idea of what's happening. That's very helpful. And that helps you create this map for visualizing it but you know visualizing a design is a big part of how i design today so okay uh, okay yeah so what would you say to maybe the 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 budding the budding uh 
module maker right now like say 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 somebody a little bit younger is listening and they're they're wanting to try their hand at it and they're wondering if they should get you know some sort of ee certification or um is there do you have any advice would you would you say take the same track as me or would you say don't do it at all or i would say (laughs) i would say don't do it at all you know you might you might learn a lot in school, but they do not teach you one ounce of how to design an electric circuit. There is no designing involved. Maybe a little bit towards the end, but nothing that's really going to take you to that next step unless you want to tough through four or five years of really grueling schoolwork. Um, what I would say is to keep experimenting, keep you know, following uh, these designers who are doing DIY and, and sharing their designs um, to get an idea, a better idea of what you're doing. You know, once you do it enough, you're going to start to really figure things out. Um, but, you know, that's something that also I'd like to say that I was a little worried about uh, learning stuff in school is that I didn't want to design like 100% the right way, like the perfect way mm-hmm. because I, I, I feel that all the, the character in a design comes from its flaws. Yeah. Um, and the happy accidents that happen and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I could yeah, see that. And I, yeah. And I didn't want to lose that. So it's funny because I, I definitely engineer my designs, but I also, I engineer like, like faults, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't make them per, per, perfect on purpose. Uh huh. Because uh-huh. yeah. Okay. That well. So let's 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 take a step back really quick. And when did it when did it go from hobby to, you know, a professional outfit? Um. Well, I mean, as far as trying to make money off of this, uh. You know, back in like 2007, 2008, I started doing uh, vintage synth repairs and modifications, and it was really not really a money-making thing at all. Uh, there are very few people in my area that have vintage synths. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I did do some like custom things for some people. There's a lot of musicians in my area, um, but it wasn't until about the end of 2010 that uh, a friend of mine told me of another person, uh, Stephen Quartler from Pro Pro Modular, which is not a company anymore, uh, but he was looking for a designer. And so the first module uh, that was sold that I designed was the Pro Modular Clock, which is like a clocking module. Okay. Um, and then after that for that company, well, after that is when I started SSF and I came out with the Quantum Rainbow mm-hmm. uh, version one. And that was probably around 2012. Um, and that's your noise. Is that your noise? Yep. That's yep. the noise module. With all the yeah. different types of noise on it. Right. Yes. A rainbow. Of noise. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then I... Uh, I designed one more module for Pro Modular, which was the the Pro Modular Mix, which is a mixer. Um, and you know, then I kind of just went forward with SSF, with the Positronic Transient Gate, and Propagate, and uh, then I 
designed a bunch of modules that I did a collab with with WMD and uh, Ultra Random, and then I took like a probably two or three year hiatus from designing anything. Okay, well that that I want to put a well I have two questions, but they're going to take us in different directions. So I'll, I guess I'll just uh, well let's talk about the collaboration thing first because um, yeah. that, that's one thing I wanted to do because um, I I had the 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 Doppler de- delay. Is that what you guys yeah. called it? Did you guys call it Doppler? Because I just started calling it Doppler. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, it's okay. like trunk. Yeah, Doppler. right. DPL. <laughs> so that was that was yeah. a, a a delay you did with with WMD and a very very compact size for what kind of uh, punch it packs, and it's a it's a PT twenty three ninety nine chip, right? Is that what you're yeah. using in that? Okay, yeah. for you extra nerds out there, um, extra but, nerds. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious how uh, how does a collaboration like that how who initiates it and and then you're both you both build amazing stuff on your own what are you giving each other that you know each other doesn't have like what what's I'm, i was always curious about that well particularly with that collaboration um i kind of went on a stint designing a bunch of i wanted to design a bunch of like smaller simpler modules that had some extra features that modules at the time didn't have uh that were kind of in like a like a lower price range i guess you could say and easier for people who were getting into modular to to use um at the time we you know william matherson was was very helpful in getting me into uh modular and and te- teaching me things that i didn't know about designing for Eurorack. uh so we were in constant contact at the time and um so i i came up with i think like nine or ten designs and we talked about doing the collaboration and uh for those initial designs most of them were just my analog designs and uh wmd did some final things to it like tweaking this and that and also adding like the buttons like because those are controlled by like a small microprocessor uh to save the button states and then we designed the spectrum together and then wmd designed a bunch of modules on their end and i designed the panels so i mean once after the initial maybe nine or 10 modules, it was like, we come up with a concept and either I would do a design or they would do design or like we would tweak this or that. So it's kind of like, I can do this, you can do that. I have a cool circuit for, to do this. Uh, I have a cool idea to, to do that. And we just like throw it together. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like being in a band with multiple songwriters or something. Like you show up and I've got this riff. Okay. I got these lyrics or vice versa. So that's, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very much similar, I'd say. Yeah. So, okay. And then another question that I wanted to ask, um, was, so you, you mentioned a break where you kind of took a break. Is that, is that break and the return kind of signified by the, the more colorful, um, uh, panels on the modules? Yeah, I mean, um, that I when I the first module that I came back with that they're not designing anything was the entity bass drum, mm-hmm. um, and 
which is cool yeah. as hell, by the way, if anybody <laughs> wants <you>. to know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, and I liked the idea of color, coloring the different inputs and outputs and, um, you know, and I wanted to use some different knobs and, um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't meant to like signify it, but it, it's just basically that, that module is like me coming back from not designing anything for years. Okay. So just kind of a natural evolution and taste and, and I guess vision. Um, right. Okay. Well that, yeah. Cause I'm looking uh, as I look at kind of from the beginning on, you know, like still cool looking, but kind of more like, um, I guess like clinical looking stuff. And then it gets pretty colorful as we get to the, you know, towards the newer stuff. So, and then you get, you know, the entity, there's the bass drum and the percussion. So those things are, those things are pretty crazy. Are those like sample based wait, like nope. waveform or is that all, or is that 100% analog? analog, 100% that's, analog. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy because I feel like people throw the entity stuff in with your plonks you know, and stuff like that. And it's, it, they seem like they're when, you know, in conversation, you know, Oh yeah, there's this and that. I feel like the, the fact that you can get what you can get out of these entities with the analog circuit is, is pretty cool. Well, you know, that's not something dissing that, on the plonk. Any, either, no, no. Know. I mean, you know, digital modules are definitely very powerful in, in what they can produce. Um, but I'm primarily an, an analog designer and, you know, as an analog designer, I, I kind of want to show off what analog can do too, because you can do a lot with analog too. It might take more parts. It might take more work, but, um, I'm, I'm really attached to the analog sound. So, um, and I feel like there's so much in analog that just hasn't been taken advantage of. And that's kind of what I'm going for. Okay, that's interesting. I, I like I like that approach. I feel like um, I think Eric Schlappy has kind of a. I'm not f sure if you're familiar with Schlappy Engineering, but yeah, I think I, he yeah, kind of has Eric. a yeah similar similar uh, love for the analog stuff. Um, and then, so is the the stereo dipole? Is that all analog, or you do some oh. digital control stuff? Or nope, that's all analog. That's insane because this thing is one of the craziest modules I've ever played with. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And uh, I definitely want to dive into that more, but um, I kind of want to just keep on the track of uh, you and you starting the company. And I'm, I'm also really curious to see where, how, what's the process of, the, of designing a new module? Like, <coughs> do you get light bulb things? Do things wake you up in the middle of the night? Or how do these ideas come to you? Uh, I have too many ideas. And <laughs> um, it's, it's really about weeding through the insane ideas that come into my head mm -hmm. and you know i have a real i have a real problem with make trying wanting to make things like too powerful and do too much and something that i've been trying to dampen a little bit is is to not do that so much so that it they're easier for people to understand mm -hmm. and i still feel like they're on they're like on that they're in that like weird zone where they're they're easy to understand but they still confuse people <laughs> well i i could i could say i could or let me agree but maybe reword it with my experience with the stereo dipole in and 
I'm I'm not I'm not super technically minded when it comes to any of this stuff. I'm r- relatively new to uh, modular in in the first place. So for me, what's appealing is something. Is it going Is it gonna check the box of me being able to get something out of it? You know, the second I turn it on. But is it also going to have um, enough depth for me to try to to dive in to make it interesting for an extended period of time? And then is it is that user is that user interface? Um, am I able to wrap my head around it after you know a few plays? And and the the dipole checked all that off, and I'm still finding new ways to use it. So it's 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 I think I think you're you're maybe more than straddling the line. But that's that's from my personal experience. Yeah, I mean. At this point, um, I'm trying to build all the insan- insanity and cool stuff into, like, under the hood. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and keep all the controls, like, you know, pretty pretty normal for the most part. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of the new modular market are people that are just, have, like, not really familiar with modular sense or even just regular sense um so i think it's important to make modules that they can they feel comfortable with i guess yeah yeah you want them to be comfortable you want them to be inviting you know i'm sure there's there's so much that i mean i mean just as a user there's so much that you have in your head about what you're looking for i can't even imagine how like exponentially bigger that you know, area your brain is as a designer. So, <laughs> so like, so you keep, let's like, so you keep a notebook, I imagine, or a list of ideas and no. then no. Okay. So they're all just in a, in a mental Rolodex. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, okay. So say I have an idea, um, kind of the first thing that I'll do is I'll start to do like a panel layout and, kind of see where where that idea can go like how big is this module going to be um how much cv is it going to have is it is it going to be able to do this this and this um what what kind of extra functions can i put into it i mean a big thing for me with modules um and most of my modules are like this is that i like to um just allow for other uses you know like say like the entity bass drum for instance it has a built-in envelope but you it's it's also a voltage controlled function generator that you can use oh, um okay. you can also use it as a filter you can also you can use it as a sound modifier uh same thing with the percussion so um a lot of the time i'm trying to see how i could fit that into uh and then i might decide well this this is way too convoluted um (laughs) this is just gonna confuse people or maybe i'll have a better idea um so you know i have a lot of unfinished designs in that sense um but what's nice is that that's kind of like my notebook where i can go back and be like what was i working on uh this is a good idea well i just thought about this and i can I can change this idea into this. Okay. And eventually it'll get to a point where like, yeah, this is going to be a really cool module. Like I'm going to do this. Okay. So, so let's say, um, let's say you've been working on this, you know, circuit X for so long and, uh, you've got these, these extra functions, like you just mentioned with the, the function generator and a filter built into a drum module. 
you're one, you're one person, right? You're a one person company. Mm-hmm. I imagine if you, as you spend more and more time with this design, it's probably hard for you to see from, you know, any other vantage point than from the person who made it. When do you cross that line from having cool extra features into something that you said would be convoluted? Do you have, what, what is your, what is your process of, of weeding that out? Or, or, I mean, or are you able to see that? Maybe you are. Um, I just imagine like when I'm doing my own mix at some point, I have to like throw it onto somebody else's ears and be like, is this okay? Is it too scooped or? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would use a beta tester. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, maybe I haven't had a wide range of beta testers with, I mean, with different skill levels, because most of the beta testers that I use are like people that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But like, if I gave it to someone that was just say like the drum module to someone that just used like a drum module that had a trigger in it and, you know, a couple knobs, like they might be completely dumbfounded by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the hardest part for me is that, you know, you know, I I can re- remember back when I was young and I played with synths and I didn't really know what the knobs did. I just liked when I turned this knob or that knob. And, but now it's like I'm seeing these circuits. I'm I'm seeing I'm knowing what the potential is, and I'm just like, this is awesome, you know. So, but it's not that awesome if you give it to somebody and they don't know what to do with it. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to think on the level of, um, is it obvious? what's happening you know mm-hmm. yeah, i mean obviously i i know that every module will, will will confuse you you know i have those moments when i'm on the modular and i'm like what the hell is going on right now um and it, it'll usually be because like one knob is turned or something like that i right, mean like right. you can't avoid <laughs> you can't avoid that but uh-huh. um it's you know i'll play with something to death and and if something if it seems like too much is happening then that's a problem i think Okay. So it's a kind of a combination of some, some trusted people and just kind of extended, extended use over time by, by you just to, cause I, yeah. the, what makes me, cause I, I, it seems like an obvious question. Cause I think a lot of people have beta testers, but I think what, what interests me about the idea of like a one person run company and then having beta testers like the, that's almost, that's gotta be kind of a unique relationship. Maybe I'm getting a little wooey, but that has like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give my boss at work my, my latest mix to tell him if, ask me if I think, you know, to to (laughs) see if he thinks it sounds all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to find somebody that not only I trust their judgment, but I also trust them to tell me the truth. And I trust that maybe they have some insights to see some of the, the, you know, blind spots that I don't have. Yeah. I mean, I definitely choose people who, who are looking for, that type of module that I might be making. And it, I guess it comes down to, can they use it in the production that they're trying to do? Or, you know, is, is the way like a certain control works? Does it make sense that do they want it to go further? You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I feel like I when I'm designing stuff, I kind of take it to the point where I, I feel like it's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like the beta testing is almost like 
do you like it or not kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, now, so, okay, along the line of this, but also just like as somebody who puts their stuff out in a world now where you can get feedback from stuff like Instagram and YouTube, have you, have you, have you been blown away by some of this? Have, have you had a moment where you've seen somebody do something with one of your modules that you're surprised by? I mean, like, how the hell did they do that? Um, uh, I, I've de I definitely like what people are doing, but I think it's just the way that I am that I'm, uh, I can, I like know what they're doing because I designed the module, right. but you know, but if there's other things going on, like I may, I might not be sure like what, what am I hearing right now? Is this the module or is this other stuff too? Or, um, but you know, when it comes to like the filter, like I, I could see what's happening so i'm not too surprised but i have seen a few things um that i thought were really cool mm -hmm. um i guess yeah but, i guess i kind of led you with that question sorry go ahead <laughs> i guess I, I interrupted you i'm really good at, at thinking that i have the answer to the question that makes for being a really awesome interviewer <laughs> <laughs> good job <laughs> thanks <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll get there. I'll uh, get there. <laughs> I I am always happy to hear and see other people using the stuff I make. That's that's why I'm doing this. Uh, mm -hmm. I I I wouldn't be doing it if nobody was using the stuff. I mean, and on many levels, but um, being able to see it really makes me feel good. That yeah, I that must be awesome. I I. I imagine I imagine it'd be like seeing somebody like that you don't know wearing your band T-shirt or something, but like a couple notches above. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, something that I I feel like I am super interested in, and I also want to give um, the hardworking module makers of of the world, a, you know, a chance to kind of I don't know say their their side about this. But God damn it, it must be hard to do all this shit by yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I'm also, it's you know, extremely you, hard. you definitely, I'm not, I'm not trying to lead you into whining or maybe I am, but, or, or, you know, I guess where I'm going with this is like, what are the struggles? What are the, the high and lows of it? You know? Um, there are so many highs and lows. It's definitely, um, a roller coaster, uh, emotionally it's a roller coaster, uh, with my energy, um, you know, I pretty much do this, uh, balanced with family time. I do this from about five or six in the morning until about nine or 10 o'clock at night. Usually, um, wow. you know, I have maybe four or five hours here and there with the family. I mean, it's, it's nice because I, I work from home. So, you know, I can leave work and I can come see my daughter and my girlfriend and spend time with them. But for the most part, I'm, I'm working and I'm either designing or building or testing and calibrating, packaging, doing sales, uh, trying to make videos. That's the one thing that I have zero time for because I don't want to make a half-assed video. I want to make a good one, but mm -hmm. that takes time, you know. Um, but, you know, I really love doing it at the same time. I definitely push myself to the limit, um, but if I have to say that it feels really good to work this hard um i might be exhausted almost every day but 
you know, I fall right asleep at night and I wake up in the morning and I'm at it again. And I really feel like I'm, I'm accomplishing my goals and, and my dreams. And, you know, I couldn't ask for much more after that. Yeah. I, that's awesome. That's, that's kind of, that's something that I, I'm so happy to hear when someone like yourself is a, you know, just like one person doing this and doing it out of love and have found a way to make it their job. Like that's, yeah. that's, oh, that's amazing. I mean, I, I, it must be a whole other level of stress not having like, <laughs> you know, like when you, when you're employed by, you know, a big electrical company or something like, like I am, the next job's lined up for me once this one's done, you know? So there's, there isn't that question. And yeah. So I imagine it's kind of uh it's, it's probably a pendulous type mind frame. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely some months where I feel like, uh, are we, are we going to survive here? <laughs> um, and then usually when I come out with a new module, it's like the best time because you, you sell a lot of them and you've got some money and you're like, great, I can work on this other module now. Cause you know, that that's one of the hardest parts is like paying for the next module, paying for more modules and then also paying your bills and, you know, trying to, to figure out what, what do I spend my money on? Do I save it? Do I spend it? Uh, I got to keep this, this train going kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's gotta be so difficult because you, you know, you look at like, um, you look at a, like a big com- company like Korg or something and they've got, they've got probably 10 people making like one of those decisions. So like, it's just, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm always in such awe of, uh, all the, the smaller, the smaller boutique people making, you know, uh, fantastic stuff by themselves. It's, it's, well, it's I e- think, exciting and, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm getting poetic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the designing part is like, we all got that. Like we all know what we want to design, but then like handling all the other aspects of the business. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I do feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm kind of making decisions kind of based on the current situation. And sometimes it pans out and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Okay. So that's something that I wanted to ask you about because like, so you said, you mentioned current situation and something that I've noticed, but I think it's because uh, Ben Wilson pointed it out to me, but it, it seems like there's the year of the blank module. And for some reason it's just out there in the ether or maybe all all of you guys are talking to each other, but um, there's there's some new you know like we got a lot of filters this year, or you know there was the year of the sampler, um, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so like, how much? What, what what do you think that what do you think that is? Are are you guys all talking to each other, or is it just is there some weird kind of thing that everybody's picking up on a lack of or something? Well, this hasn't been done in a cool way. Um, I you know years ago. I I feel like there was not that there isn't now, but there was a lot more togetherness in the modular manufacturer community. Um, it was just, we were small time. Everybody, everybody was like small time and nothing to worry about, but we talked then, but I don't think that applies to now. I think it, it's something like collective consciousness slash what's, what's the hole in your Iraq right now? What do we need? You know, what's different? Um, 
what are everybody sees what other people are are making and they say well what would be a cool module to go with that kind of a thing yeah um so i think that that's got a lot to do with it it's like like the muting modules like there was there was nothing and now mm-hmm. there's like five or six different muting modules um it was you know years ago it was like mixers stereo mixers you know now there's like a zillion stereo mixers um <laughs> and you know everyone's trying to do something different so that <clears throat> you know, A, they can sell a good amount and not have any competition. But it's like, it's almost like you have, you have to be more creative now. And it's, it's difficult in the sense that being creative, since everything's been done already, is doing things a little bit different or making kind of more esoteric modules. But that's dangerous territory at the same time, because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it must be um it must be as a man, as a manufacturer like an equally exciting but but terrifying time and be, with the growing popularity and so many more companies. I mean, how many companies are there now and <laughs> I don't uh, know. I want to say like <laughs> 300 maybe more <laughs> yeah i mean i've probably got 20 in my between my two cases right now easily so yeah. yeah um i don't think i don't think there's enough modular users yet um and it's it's difficult because modular synthesizers are are pretty scary uh if you if you've never used one before one before i mean they're definitely Mm -hmm. cool and you know i I know people want them because they're cool and they want them because they can do weird things with them but i think the how educated we all are with how to use them i mean that's where if everyone was more educated i think they'd be able to make better decisions on what they need and what's going to be useful to them 100 percent. oh the amount of modules that i have you know traded to friends and and only had for a little bit because i you know i got caught with that fever at the beginning um you know that's i always like that with i get like that with with bands if they have 18 records and i'm really into one i'll chew through all of them and go to the next but um Mm -hmm. but i see i see what you're saying and I think that it's going to, I don't know. I'm wondering, you know, Danny, I was just, somebody just sent me a message because uh, Martha, Martha Barr, Panic Girl was talking about Loving Tool on this week's episode. So they sent me a picture that Danny Carey had posted, a, you know, a picture of his modular rig that he's bringing on the Tool tour, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all it takes is, you know, a couple Danny Careys, a couple Trent Reznor. I mean, Trent Reznor's always been doing it, but as, as more, I think as more, it's more people see like, get a glimpse into it because it is so esoteric. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I knew I had seen it before I had actually like seen one in person, but the first time I saw it in person, it was like, I was seeing something new for the first time in my entire life. So I think yeah, you, yeah. you um, have to find that Avenue. And I, and I'm wondering if that's going to crack open once enough bigger, more mainstream people start, you know, talking about it. Well, at this point, it's like, I'm waiting to see if, if I'm even going to be able to continue doing this because it's, there's so many big companies now who are going to be making modules and, you know, as a big company, you can make modules and sell them for pretty inexpensively. And, you know, that, that definitely keeps the window for uh, boutique synth makers like me open. But um, 
it also makes it a bit more difficult to like become a bigger company uh for people like me um right yeah i mean because you i feel like i i price my modules very fairly for what they what what they do and the parts that i use and you know that's something that like um i'm all about is kind of giving us extra for the money um mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like extra if you're competing with a company that's selling a like a dual filter for 100 bucks right it, yeah Oh, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's and and hopefully it'll it'll be kind of like, you know, like the world of guitar pedals. Like, yeah, when you first get your first guitar pedal, maybe it's a maybe it's a a boss. And not to talk shit about boss or anything, but like, you know, maybe you do, you don't go straight into your your earthquakers and your your Cooper effects or whatever, your Chase Bliss right. stuff, right? Um like. <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah, it. I I wonder. Yeah, I, I've I've I like to w w like, you know, put on my Oracle hat, and I I'm wondering if if some of this semi semi modular stuff is going to be, kind of. I'm I'm wondering if that's going to blow up in popularity because like you can interface between the two, and I don't know. But do do you have any thoughts on where where the technology's headed, or where you'd like to see it go? Um. Where do I think it's headed and what I, where would I like to see it go? Um, honestly, I, I feel like it's, we're already headed. We're actually in, already in like this realm where like modular has been become dominated by, by digital. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I understand why, but at the same time, and I'm not knocking digital, but <laughs> some of these modules, when people use them, they don't even use control voltages to do anything with them. Mm -hmm. And because you can get so much out of them just by turning some knobs. And I feel like it, it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to come off as saying anything negative about any company but right. um when certain modules came out maybe four or five years ago people said it was cheating yeah you, you know what i mean and uh -huh. and and i didn't think it was cheating but i got where they were coming from and it the way things kind of turned out was that they were kind of right where like people weren't really using the modular to its full potential and so I kind of feel like I'd like to see it go back to its roots. Um, and well, that's what brought it back in popularity in the first place. Not to derail you, but you know, it was kind of yeah. like how shitty and cheap, not shitty, but how cheesy stuff start and started sounding, right. you know, with, with the, with all the, the, the amp, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? All the 80s stuff, the, um, emulation stuff. Yeah, um, like you had all this analog modeling stuff and everybody was thirsting for for the real thing. And here we are, we we're, we're in the best platform for real analog and at the moment it's it's kind of being dominated by digital stuff. And like I said, I get it because you can go crazy with a digital module doing all kinds of crazy stuff, but you could also do those things with analog. And for me, personally and the sound of analog is so much different than the sound of a digital module you know i might be 
think, oh, that sounds cool, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same to me. Um, and a lot of why I'm doing this is because I have this connection with analog sound and, and just, you know, an analog circuit, it's kind of like another living entity and you're kind of interacting with that entity. And a modular mm -hmm. synth is like, you know, you can like patch this, patch that, do some feedback. It's like you're, you're, you're interacting with another consciousness, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> but that consciousness is also you, you know, so, you know, it's, it can get deep and, but that's, that's what a modular synth is to me. It's that kind of interface. Yeah, I, I I think that's I I like I like that, and I I also I, I I can hear all the hissing of the of the uh, the naysayers who like to call people like like you or or me like I like listen I like I have cassette player I have you know I have a a record player, um, you know who 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 poo poo it as like a hipster thing, but I I will this is what I'll say about the analog versus digital thing. I have both in my rack. Um, when it comes to the things that actually make the sound. I've just always kind of naturally have drifted towards the analog stuff and it hasn't been a conscious choice. It hasn't been because I wanted to seem cooler and sometimes I don't even know which one's analog and which one's digital. But when I do find out, you know, which ones I'm being drawn to that said, I do like to have some digital stuff for like maybe some peppering in there. And I think, I think there's yeah. definitely a balance you can find. There's so I, I hear what you're saying for, for everything. Yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, I, I believe there's room for everything. I just, don't believe that one should be dominated over the other um but i mean i i feel the same way it's like if if a modular synth is like a portal to another dimension but you know <laughs> all right let's follow this know, let's do it yeah i mean digital <laughs> is like looking through the window to that dimension and analog is like taking you there okay i like that i like that now, what about digital control over analog circuits? Do you think that might be the happy marriage between where shit can get really crazy? Or yes, yes, definitely. Um, you know, I think the only downfall of digital control over analog is is if is resolution. You know, it might not matter for for some things, but you know, one of one of the major one of my major gripes about certain analog synthesizers that are digitally controlled is the stepping between like when you turn a knob i mean if you're if you're controlling right. a filter that has 256 steps i mean that's a that's a no-no for me um <laughs> you know or if you know like if like an oscillator i mean if the resolution is high and you can't can't hear like zippering and stuff like that you know that that's one thing uh but i don't like i mean it's like what's the point of having the analog oscillators. I mean, yes, you get the analog sound, but you have all this other digital stuff kind of like mucking it up um, at the same time. But that's not to say that there aren't fancier, cooler ways to digitally control the analog gear. Well, what do you think about just advancement of technology? Are we going to get to where that, that line is blurred? Some people say it already is. Um, what, what part of, well, I guess blurred? like the, like kind of the, I guess just like kind of being able to tell that, tell between the two, I guess. So that was more of a blanket statement, but like, so you're mentioning kind of the stepping stuff, you know, like, so it's, it's not as smooth and, and that's where kind of you, you can pick up where you can tell there's, there's some digital action going uh, on. Well, I mean, that's it, in the sense of control. Yeah. But in the, in the sense of the sound, I mean, for, 
for me, it, you know, digital stuff really doesn't have the same dimensionality as, as analog. I mean, I, I challenge you to, to experiment and place, you know, put a speaker in front of you and play some digital stuff and then make a similar kind of like sound with analog and, and, you know, try to see if you feel something differently, you know, for, for me, it's like the digital stuff is kind of like a plane coming at me, like a, like a <laughs> flat plane and uh -huh. analog is like a cube, you know, right. it's, it's, it's more, <laughs> it's more dimensional, you know, uh -huh. it has higher dimensionality. Um, and that's important to me. I know a lot of people don't care. I know a lot of people, uh, think it's fine and it is fine. Um, but like I said, I, I like to, I, I think I get a, a bigger sense of, of the sound when, when it's analog. I just, it's just, I'm, I, my senses I, are happy. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, holy shit. We, we burned through this time. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like we, we went down a rabbit hole, but I, I, I think, <laughs> I think that's, that's what makes some, for some good listening. So, um, I guess I, I'm curious. I, I've had some people um, write into me and ask for me to ask my guests a little bit more about what are you listening to right now? Like what what kind of what's what's your if, what's in your proverbial CD player right now? I feel really bad. I I don't have <laughs> anything in my CD player. Um, I mean it's it's pretty funny. Um, I used to make music a big part of my day uh but these days it's i'm so busy that it's it's kind of just distracting i guess you could say yeah um <laughs> i do <laughs> what's i do have um a friend who comes in and and, and helps me he does some soldering and he, he i usually let him play <laughs> anything he wants and um lately he's been going through year by year playing um cheesy sci-fi movies oh shit and, and i have to say that it's been super entertaining um <laughs> so it, what i've been listening to has nothing to do with music but actually i'll take that back there's a lot of really cool synthesizer effects and music in in those movies so that's what i've been listening to cheesy 80s sci-fi soundtracks <laughs> right on I, I like that answer and uh <laughs> is there anything you want to you want to get off your chest before we get into a patch challenge territory i, I don't um you know i'm really not sure if i have anything to get off my chest <laughs> okay well um steadystatefate.com is that this? That's the website, correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, so go there and check out all the different stuff uh, that he's got going on, especially that stereo dipole filter, which you've heard you've heard me yammering on about for the last few weeks. And uh, yeah, and I'm not saying this just uh, because you you threw one my way. It's it's a lot of fun. It is a <laughs> lot of fun, and I'm I'm finding new ways to use it. Like I just turned it into a little. I got, also I want to say that the the within this, the quick start guide cheat sheet thing, having some, some example patches to start with is, is a trend that I want to see just continue in modular in particular. And I think that's a great idea. So yeah, so, yeah, it's, I've, I've learned that it's a lot better than explaining everything. Um, 
which can get kind of dry and you kind of lose yourself. So it's much better for me to, for me personally, to learn by example. And I think everybody kind of, if you can do it, if you can touch it and do a patch, a simple patch with, with it, you, you, you intuitively, intuitively learn how to use the module. So that's the totally. approach I'm going for. Totally. Yeah. And especially with something like this that's as robust as it is to have like, okay, you know, here's a standard filter, but also do you want to turn it into like, um, you know, some sort of like tone generator? Like, I feel like you can get almost into kind of like resonator territory with this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Um, um, so cool. Well, let's, let's check out, let's see, the, uh, the pod mod gods have given you purple <laughs> composition. Purple composition. I like that. That sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I, I could roll again. Like, well, we could, we... I'll let you choose. Okay. I, I want to go with purple composition only because okay. purple is my favorite color. Awesome. And uh, I'm being selfish. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today we're going to introduce ourselves to Ileana, a logic module from Omi Industries. Now, I admittedly... Uh, have a very loose understanding of what logic is. Um, and this this module has two different sections. It has a hard logic section, which is a little more standard, uh, two inputs, and then your your standard four outputs, your XOR, or, and, 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 and. Um, and then there's a programmable logic section with two inputs and uh, two program inputs. So that, that gives you six total outputs to mess with. And uh, I'm going to use the advice of the manual because I don't understand logic all that well currently. And uh, just just start patching some some gates into it and, and just mess around and see what kind of weird stuff I can do. So um, over the next few weeks, I'm hoping that I can learn a little more about logic and, and help kind of clear up any confusion that maybe you guys have. Or, yeah, who knows? But, again... I just want to see what this thing can do right off the bat. So what I'm doing is I'm triggering it with a, a couple different sources. I've got the shuffling clock multiplier going into a couple of the inputs, but then I'm, I'm using some of the outputs to trigger the rampage from Bifaco and then sending uh, like the end of rise and end of fall back into like the hard logic section. So I've got uh, six different inputs going, but some of those inputs that are feeding into uh, Ileana are actually being triggered by Ileana. So it gets really, really weird. And I'm going to show you how you can make some pretty, pretty weird drum beats kind of, uh, you know, in Aphex twin territory. I definitely don't want to say that I can do stuff like Aphex, but it kind of has that feel. So I'm going to quit yammering and then I'm just going to, I'm going to show you this little beat that I made using the, uh, the knit from after later audio. It's micro plats kind of just kind of using that as simple percussion. And then the Pico drums, which is going out into a filter and then into the disting uh, tape delay. Now the, the CV for the filter and the tape delay are all being controlled by either Ileana herself or, um, some sort of envelope or sequence being triggered by Ileana. So yeah, Ileana's driving this whole thing. Now let's check it out. So here's the knit first. And we'll bring the Pico drums up. So I'm, the Bifaco Rampage is being triggered by Ileana, but then I'm feeding uh, some of the Rise and Fall 
the end of Rise and Fall into Ileana as well. Um, so check out what happens when I start messing with the Rise and Fall time. And then I'll can mess with the switches, the programmable logic switches. So I'll switch the A switch up. They're both down right now. And put the B switch up. So I feel like I'm onto something. Um, if I spend some more time with this Logic module, I think I'll be able to uh, to actually start making some really cool glitchy beats. Um, but sounds pretty good for like my first real attempt at using it. Um, I hope you guys uh, are enjoying this this kind of uh, haphazard uh, approach that I'm taking to demos. But I think I think it'll be fun for us to to get to know this these new modules straight out of the box and hear what you can do right off the bat and then see what you can do over a period of time after you learn how to use them a little better. Um, and I'm hoping that from what you can hear right now, it'll plant some seeds in your head of uh, how you could possibly use it. So yeah, go check out Omi Industries, uh, Ileana. It's a really, really fun module so far. actually having a bit of technical difficulties uh because oh, shit. I, well i brought my modular in from the office and i had a different power supply in here and for some reason it kept it kept turning off on me but i did i did get to record something um <laughs> maybe not as long as i wanted to but i i did get to record something um so, so you had plenty of time to to get to a piece and then record a, a, a performance of it yeah uh not that long though uh maybe like five minutes Oh, that's yeah, that's fine. The, so okay. the fifteen minutes is for the building, and then additional performance after is fine. Right. So cool. Okay. So so going into it, purple composition. How the hell do you make a purple composition? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, I kind of went about it. Uh, I guess I wasn't really going. For for making anything that sounded purple. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I definitely was trying to make it sound purple. I kind of had this feeling of like a, a purple creature kind of, um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the piece kind of catches that aspect of this kind of realm of the, of the purple creature. 
<laughs> you, you have unlocked the door, the gates to the purple creatures. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I like it. <laughs> um, so is, is, was there any, uh, any particular modules that were highlighted or patching techniques that, that jumped into your mind when you, when you kind of thought about approaching it? Um, well, I, I pretty much went straight for the dipole. Um, yeah. And I, I ended up just throwing in some entity bass drum and entity percussion. And that's kind of, uh, where it sat. I, I did some, some, uh, modulation, um, of the the zero point oscillator, uh, I I was patching that into the dipole. Um, so that's a module that's not out yet, but that's the oscillator that I'm working on. Um, so I was modulating that with uh, a Spectrum VCO, um, and then I was using a mod box to uh, modulate the the zero point on the zero point oscillator and running that through the dipole filter. And that okay. was that was basically like the meat of it, and then uh, triggering um, a mini slew to modulate the dipole. Okay, sweet. So you used a lot of your own stuff in there. Well, yeah. I mean, I grabbed um, the case that I have here is from the office, the one that uh, I work with and take with me uh, to shows and stuff. So um, that's primarily what I'm working on. It's not all my own modules in there, but uh, pretty much everything that uh i'm making now and i i use regularly yeah yeah i mean i feel like if i was making modules i would have plenty of my own in my rack so <laughs> yeah no shame there no um yeah i mean you kind of got if you're if you're moving towards the system i mean it's kind of something that you got to work with i guess Okay, so that's something we didn't cover in the main talk, but I'm, now that you brought it up, is that is that kind of is that where you want to head? Is to a full system? Um, I I'd, I'd like to have at least some kind of system. Um, I'm definitely kind of going in the direction of maybe like an analog stereo system. Um, uh, if I if I can accomplish something on that level, um, where you have your oscillator your filter your envelopes your vca uh i'll i'll be happy with a stereo system i think yeah that sounds pretty fun yeah i look forward to i look forward to that new that new oscillator too yes i'd really like to make it um (laughs) (laughs) so how can the listener help you make it uh by steady safe eight modules yes i i I advise (laughs) you do that as well uh the uh, Pat, our, my old co-host Ian is a huge, huge fan of your stuff, and he he swears by the the ultra random analog. That's his. That's my that's claim to fame. <laughs> he loves he he just loves that module, and uh, yeah, it's super cool. So that there's there's plenty of stuff to to check out at steadystatefate.com. And uh, Andrew, I want to thank you for joining me. And yeah, definitely, thank you. Good good luck with the new stuff, and. Uh, We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. All right, let's check out Purple Composition from Andrew Morelli. Thank you. 
you andrew for that lovely patch and for taking the time to talk to us listeners please go check out steadystatefate.com and uh, look at the wonderful array of modules that uh, andrew has built over the last few years um don't forget to check out iliana by omi industries super cool and fun module if you want to make some some weird beats that is the the module for you and uh finally just one more time. Let's all uh, let's all keep Mike McGrath in our in our thoughts and uh, yeah, and and just try to keep going with the spirit of uh, his vision of Muff Wiggler and keep this community growing and and staying together. Cause uh, we 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 need community right now. It's a weird time in the world. Uh, thank you all for listening. I appreciate you all. I love you guys. Until next week.